is a little song I wrote You might want to hear it in your pot You'll own a sing And be happy Ain't got no cash, ain't got no car But 24 booster shots in your arm Own nothing Be happy You can't even buy in the store Because of your low social credit score Own nothing Be happy Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Corbett Report. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you, as always, from the sunny climes of Western Japan here in October of 2023 with episode 452 of the Corbett Report podcast, The Great Travel Reset. And what better way to bring us into today's conversation than to play a little bit of that viral hit by everybody's favorite DJ, Klausi Schwaben. Oh, nothing. Be happy. All right. Yeah. Mm. Well, all due credit for that AI monstrosity goes to Snicklink on Twitter. I don't know. Anyway, the link will be in the documentation for today's episode at CorbettReport.com slash Travel Reset if you're interested But yes, as I say, that's an appropriate way to lead us into today's conversation, which does revolve around the Great Reset of Klaus Schwab and his uh, fellow travelers. More specifically, though, one particular aspect of the Great Reset, which, if these globalists get their way, will have very real, very dire consequences for the fate of once free humanity in the very near future. What am I talking about? I am talking about... The Great Travel Reset, which, in case you haven't been paying attention, is already underway. You will use the app like Uber, but not anymore to call some driver, but an automatically guided car, a self-driven car, will come to your hotel or wherever you are and will bring you to the airport. Actually, I had a discussion some months ago with the mayor of Los Angeles, and you know Los Angeles is one of the cities with the heaviest traffic, who told me in 2030, Los Angeles will be private car driven free. And this will allow to transform highways into parks and other public spheres. Introducing the known traveler digital identity, the first end-to-end intervention to streamline the entire travel experience by enhancing the ability of authorities to get the information they need when they need it so that they can move people swiftly across borders. Enabled through four technologies, not only will individuals have complete control over their own personal data, but authorities can remove friction through a series of simple and secure digital touch points Before a passenger even starts his journey, he can register his face and information using a smartphone. At the airport, NEC's technologies create a seamless walkthrough experience from the moment someone steps inside the building. At check-in, there's no need to queue. The information that was registered on the smartphone is verified 
along with the passenger and his passport, using facial recognition. From now on, his face is now his pass for all the airport's checkpoints. France has officially banned short-distance domestic flights in an effort to cut the country's carbon emissions. The new law went into effect this week. It means people can no longer travel by air if the same journey can be made by train in under two and a half hours. Just pop on a VR headset and off you go. To any place in the world or even to distant planets. VR tourism may be a niche product for now, but virtual vacation is on the rise. The VR travel market is forecast to explode from over 4.5 billion euros to five times that figure by 2027. About one-fifth of people surveyed in Germany think the future of travel lies in the metaverse. And even one-fourth of respondents under 30 fear VR trips are a viable possibility. Oh, that's right. From driverless cars to biometric airports to travel restrictions and bans of various types to, hey, VR travel promoted by your friends in the mainstream media, you better believe there is a great travel reset afoot being pimped and, and promoted by the usual figures in the globalist jet set. Well, of course, they get to be the jet set, but we won't any longer. Of course, that's where this is heading, right? That world that you and I grew up in, in which we were relatively free to take our passports, of course, to the uh, the airport or the border and to fly or drive across as we saw fit, more or less, with various caveats. Well, anyway, that world is increasingly a thing of the past and will be nothing but a, a dream of a bygone era for our children and grandchildren if we allow this dystopian nightmare to come to pass. Yes, because the idea of traveling relatively freely around the world, let alone traveling relatively freely around your own city or your own neighborhoods, is increasingly under attack from a number of vectors. And this is, of course, part of the grander globalist vision. To cut to the chase, this is ultimately about the technocratic dystopian nightmare of the future in which we will all be perfectly digitally controlled watched over by the machines of loving grace, stewarded over by the technocrats and their, their minions, who will allow or disallow any travel that we choose to partake in and undertake at any time for any reason. And they can put on us under lockdown with the flip of a digital switch. That is the great travel reset, which is happening right now. And I presume, if you are listening to my voice right now and have stumbled on the Corbett Report one way or another, you understand this to be the existential threat to formerly free humanity that it so evidently is and must be opposed with all of our might, all of our time, energy, and attention. This is the game for all the marbles, and this ties into every aspect of the Great Reset agenda, including, of course the digital IDs and the other aspects of the digital gulag, which are going to be the technological infrastructure which makes this great travel reset possible. But the question, as always, is how do we get from here to the world that we do still know and recognize mostly to that world of tomorrow? And there are, as usual, many options on the table, one of which, of course, is just the boots-on-the-face jackbooted thugs of the police state enforcing some sort of travel restrictions on every corner. And there will be aspects of that, 
I'm sure there will be. In fact, we've already seen that being unveiled to the public over the past few years of various restrictions being placed on your ability to travel internationally, let alone travel around in your own town based on QR codes and other technological infrastructure. But beyond that, of course, there always has to be, or there doesn't have to be, but it's preferable for the tyrants if people want and desire their own enslavement. You have to be made to want this great travel reset. How on earth could they do that, though? We understand this is a bad thing, that we want the freedom to travel. That really is a fundamental human right if there is any such thing, right? Nope. No, you're going to be made to desire staying at home. And how could they possibly affect this? Well, of course, by using the same propaganda tools that they've been using now at least for decades to get the public to desire becoming neo-feudal serfs on the neo-feudal plantation, like, say, climate change. That's right. As we all know, your travel is putting all of this nauseous life-giving carbon dioxide out into the atmosphere. Your carbon footprint. Won't someone think of the carbon is what they will say to you and what they are already saying to you, which is why flight shaming and other such things are now a thing that at least the BBC and other outlets of propaganda are trying to convince you is something that the public is really on board with and really think about a lot. And to the point where, yeah, people shouldn't be allowed to fly wherever they want willy-nilly. Don't you know? It's angering the weather gods. So we have the problem, and we can see the reaction, and there are various ways to document that. Let's just turn to the recent headlines. For one example, here's one from just earlier this month from whatsupwiththat.com which had this story, Great Travel Reset. Poll, 41% of French population favors restricting everyone to only four airplane flights in their entire life to fight against global warming. Which notes in Google translation of an obviously French original article, engineer Jean-Marc Jankovici, an expert on climate change, wow, how do I get that credential, uh, once again called for drastically limiting plane travel and declared the need to establish a quota of four flights per person in a lifetime. And then they go on to note that 64% of French people aged 18 and over say they are in favor of reducing their use of airplanes in the medium term for environmental reasons. And a full, as they want you to believe, 41% of French are in favor of this proposal of a quota of four flights per person in their entire life. And then they go on to talk about the different uh, countries that apparently are on the top list of countries that, that the French would like to fly to when they are reduced to this four flights per lifetime. Uh, United States, Canada, Japan, and Australia are apparently the top four countries on the French bucket list. Well, there you go. Just totally neutral news, guys. We're just telling you how it is. Okay, as you already know from my Propaganda Watch coverage of this and many other things that I've done in the past besides... Statistics like this, polls, are, of course, used to manipulate you, to make you believe. Because, oh, I read it on the news, or I, I, I watched it on the telescreen. They told me that half of the population is on board with, yes, let's restrict your lifetime flight quota to four flights. 
And so maybe I believe that too, or maybe that's maybe that's a bit harsh. Maybe maybe five or six flights might be more reasonable. And that's the way they start to bring this idea into the public consciousness. Whether this 41% figure has any resemblance to reality, unfortunately, it might, given the extent of the effectiveness of the climate change propaganda. But anyway, so this is this is how the idea is is brought up anyway. Here's here's the reaction. People want pe- governments to step in and start banning people from flying. Yay, please take away our ability to travel. That will be the solution, right? Well, okay, let, let's get down to the nitty gritty. How are you going to do this? How can you actually affect this type of travel restriction? I mean, I guess you can just start banning flights, as France has, by the way, with their short-haul fl- uh, flight ban. If you can travel there by train in under two and a half hours, you can't fly there anymore, right? Well, how about, I don't know, some sort of digital system that'll track your what you're, where you're going and how much carbon and all of this? This is a lot of calculation to be doing, but luckily we all have these little GPS devices in our pocket. Oh, that's right. As reclaimthenet.org put up just, just a couple of days ago, carbon passports are the next dystopian surveillance threat part of a proposed digital ID future, in which they note the digital ID agenda is already on the horizon. But it doesn't stop there. Digital carbon passports are the next big proposal. Travel enthusiasts worldwide might soon face a drastic change in exploring international borders, with global warming triggering the implementation of carbon passports that could limit their wanderlust, asserts Intrepid Travel in a recently published report. Dubbing these restrictions as personal carbon allowances, the report portends they would serve as determinants compelling individuals to conform to the global carbon budget. And they have a little excerpt here, and they they talk about crafted in collaboration with forecasting agency, the future laboratory. Again, how do you become a climate change expert? How do you become a forecasting agency? You just call yourself that, and the establishment will go along with it if they like what you're saying, essentially. Anyway, and they talk about this report. Well, go and read the report for yourself. I'm not going to link to it directly. I'm going to link to it via Wayback, so I don't give them uh, the satisfaction of your clicks and traffic. But anyway, a sustainable future for travel from crisis to transformation. They can't can't put it any more blatantly than that, can they? Anyway, and you can take a look through just the table of contents here to see what types of general trends they're talking about. But of course, they're talking about the unsustainable industry of travel and tourism. How can we possibly have all this travel going on when they're, again, won't someone think of the carbon? And the propaganda in here is just unbelievable, off the charts. Low-lying islands, including the Maldives, could become uninhabitable by 2050. And they talk about all these cities that are going to be underwater in the future, so you won't be able to visit them. What will we do? Well, here's, first of all, what they're talking about. Of course, carbon passports, as Reclaim the Net was pointing out. A personal carbon emissions limit will become the new normal. They even use the phrase, new normal, as policy and people's values drive an era of great change, indeed. And then, they don't worry, guys, they'll give you virtual vacations. Oh yeah, this is a thing they're trying to pump more and more right now. If there's a lack of action to tackle the climate crisis, by 2040, many of the world's favorite destinations will be forced to go virtual. Anyway, the metaverse will be the only route to engage with places that have been rendered inhospitable or destroyed because of climate change, where people will be able to interact with former iterations 
of these destinations. My God. Anyway, don't worry. Look, she's having some sort of spiritual enlightened experience with her VR goggles strapped to her head, raise, raising her hands to the heavens. Why is she outside using the VR goggles? Well, anyway, you'll all be in this wonderful metaverse space. Well, this is the caliber of propaganda that they're aiming. But don't worry, guys. These are future, future prediction forecasting experts or whatever they call themselves. So you can trust them. And look, they even give you a 2040 travel diary. This is what this is what travel will be like in the year 2040, etc. Well, I do suggest you take a look at this propaganda, if only to understand the extent and scope of this great travel reset that is coming into view right now, is already happening, and is already being affected by multiple different groups and agencies with their own plans and their own specific systems that are already coming online. Uh, most people know CLEAR by going to the airport. It was born uh, after 9-11. Uh, this is another crisis uh, with, a, with a new component that's being born. Explain what this product is in terms of how it's going to work uh, relating to COVID. So you're right. CLEAR was born out of 9-11. And it was about a public-private partnership leveraging uh, innovation to enhance homeland security and delight customers. And that was really the beginning of screening 1.0. And just like screening was forever changed post 9-11, in a post-COVID environment, you're going to see screening and public safety significantly shift. But this time it's beyond airports, right? It's sports stadium, it's retail, as Dana talked about. It's um, office buildings, it's restaurants. And now Finland has taken the passport technology to another level. The European nation has become the world's first country to test digital passports. Labeled Digital Travel Credentials, or DTC. It's an alternative to the traditional passport check at airports. In other words, it's a digital rendition of a physical passport. To use it, Finnish citizens first need to download an app on their phone and physically register at a dedicated police station. A digital copy of the passport is created by scanning the chip inside a real one. It is designed to be stored on a smartphone. Passport wasn't invented just for cross-border travel. That was the original intent. What else do we use it for today? We use it for many, many, many things. So we see this as a first step of having a trusted identity that much like the, trust, the passport that was invented to enable you to cross border, today you use it to open a bank account, to um, drive a car, to get a driving license, rent an apartment, get a job, so on and so forth. So we think this is very much a first step. Oh yes, this is just a first step. Because if you think, oh, I'll, I'll outsmart these great resetters, I just will never travel internationally. And if you think that that is going to protect you from this great travel reset, you have another thing coming. Because this is not only about erecting the digital technological enslavement grid, which will trap you within the confines of your country unless you are allowed to pass by the overlord technocratic dictators. No, 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 no. This will restrict all of your travel, even traveling down your own neighborhood streets. 
Today, regulators in California are expected to approve new rules that will ultimately ban the sale of gas-powered cars in the state by 2035. This is really important for reducing uh, climate-changing emissions. I mean, simply put, we can't address climate change without addressing uh, transportation emissions. It's the largest source of emissions in California. The new rules will require 35% of new cars sold by 2026 to produce zero emissions. That number climbs to 68% by 2030. And by 2035, all new cars sold in California must be free of greenhouse gas emissions. What can you do in 15 minutes? Empty the washing machine and hang up your fresh laundry? Read a couple of chapters of your favorite book? Watch half an episode of How I Met Your Mother? Well, creepy local authority bureaucrats would like to see your entire existence boiled down to the duration of a quarter of an hour with the arrival of so-called 15-minute cities. This dystopian plan will see roads in some of Britain's most iconic towns and cities being blocked off with cars being restricted to certain areas, all overseen by number plate recognition cameras installed everywhere with a surveillance culture that would make Pyongyang envious. In some places, your car would have an allowance to drive on certain streets for a fixed number of days in the year. Some roads out of bounds to all. So tell us what's going on in London. How crazy is it getting? They're trying to stop you from driving? Burning wood? So here's the background. The background, of course, is all about climate change, climate change and pollution added on to that. Over the course of the last few years, uh, Mayor Sadiq Khan of London has made most of central London 20 mile per hour speed limits. I'm not joking. It's 20 mph, even on dual roads in most of London. Speed cameras are being installed every single day of the week and even at two o'clock in the morning. If you're doing 23 miles per hour, you will get flashed, you will get penalty points and a fine. Then they introduce low traffic neighborhoods, which means they literally block off some roads and make them pedestrian. All of which means the traffic gets worse, congestion gets worse, and hey, guess what? Pollution goes up, but that doesn't stop them. Then they've got the concept here of what's called a 15 minute city that if you drive more than 15 minutes from your home, you'll have to start paying tolls and charges to do so. So all of this has been going on, as by the way, they build cycle lanes. They turn dual roads into one lane roads with a cycle lane on the side, which for 20 hours a day is used by virtually nobody. And then this Tuesday, Mayor Khan says, the air quality in London today is gonna to be poor. And that's because summer has finally arrived on our little island, all right? So he says, please don't use your car unless it's absolutely necessary. Do not let your car idle. Do not burn wood and so on and so forth. Now, if I'd said to you four years ago that we'd be locked down because of a flu-like virus that had come from China, you would not on this program have believed me. And I'm telling you here and now that in the name of climate change, in the name of pollution, we will, certainly in London, within the next few years, have a period when the mayor says, you must not use your car at all, and air quality is so bad, you must stay at home. Mm -hmm. But if you do have to go to work, please use the subway, 
And by the way, the air quality on the subway is so bad, some days it's dangerous. This isn't about pollution. Nope. It isn't about climate change. It's about controlling our lives. We're becoming like China. And don't think it won't come to you because it will. Oh, it's coming for you, all right. What, did you think you were going to escape this dragnet? Oh, I'll just, I'll just not cross the international border. I'll be fine. I'll just stick to internal, domestic travel. I'll, I'll just travel to uh, the next state or the next prefecture or the next province, whenever I feel like it. I'll just hop in the car and jet off down the highway, right? Oh, maybe that won't be an option in the very near future. Don't worry. Klaus Schwab and his minions have already been thinking about the, you will, you will call an Uber to get your automatic driving car. And it will, it will take you, assuming your paperwork's in order. Or if you must insist on your personal travel, at least now, for the meantime, while they allow, allow that to happen, well, then you'll have to pay the extra fines and tolls and what have you to access anything beyond your prescribed 15-minute city. And don't you conspiracy theorists dare raise any questions about this because we will mock and ridicule you for pointing out the obvious reality of the complete dragnet and surveillance grid that will enable the infrastructure for the climate lockdowns of the future. You're crazy for pointing that out, don't you know? Anyway, yeah, this is the Great Travel Reset. It is happening already, but as Farage pointed out in that clip there, you know, it's a good point. It, it'll it probably take a few years of conditioning and propaganda and establishment mouthpieces parroting various uh, prescriptions for it, it to finally sink into the public consciousness that, oh, this is where we're going next, and to lay roll over and accept their fate, like they rolled over and accepted the lockdowns of a few years ago, right? So isn't there anything faster? Isn't there anything that we can implement, like, right now to start this travel reset and to really kick off the digital ID grid gulag infrastructure, really kick that into high Oh, yes, of course. Why not? I mean, the specter has already been raised of the lockdowns and the other things that were permitted to happen on the back of the scandemic. Well, obviously, why don't we just use that as the carte blanche, as the excuse to, to kick this great travel reset into motion? And that is, unsurprisingly, exactly what is happening, even as we speak. So let's have a digital health certificate acknowledged by WHO if you have been vaccinated or tested properly, then you can move around. So for the next pandemic, instead of stopping the movement of the people 100%, which clogged the economy globally, you know, you can still provide some movement of the people. Indonesia has achieved, G20 country has agreed to have this digital certificate using WHO standard and we will submit into the next the, uh, World Health Assembly in Geneva as the revision to international health regulation. So hopefully for the next pandemic, we can still see some movement of the people, some movement of the goods and movement of the economy. Surprise! Yeah, for those of you who haven't been paying attention for the past few years, 
This is already a plan that's 100% underway. You better believe vaccine passports are going to be a part of the great travel reset once again. If these schemers and scammers get their way, you will be put into the digital gulag, like it or not, if you ever presume to travel. And again, who's to say international travel? Who's to say that domestic Travel will not be similarly impeded exactly as it was during the previous scamdemic. And what are they going to do about this? Well, we need some kind of international, standardized, accredited, and recognized system for standardizing how people can travel. Because we knew we know all of those crazy border closures and shutdowns, and everyone had their own different procedures. That was a chaotic mess. We don't want to go through that again. So the answer is... Won't the WHO come down from the heavens and save us? And this should not be news to anyone in the Corporate Report audience. And yet it apparently is. So let's get into that. So for those of you, again, who have not been paying attention, here's a handy-dandy way to find out about what's going on. If you go to James Roguski's Substack, there is a post up here, Reject digital enslavement with the subhead we the people of the world will not allow a digital health certificate vaccine passport digital id or any other attempt to restrict our rights in any way our freedom is non-negotiable it's a pretty strong and 100 percent apt statement that you have to understand believe internalize live before i think we will see any change in this world. But anyway, reject digital enslavement is a good way of putting this. And the summary here, he talks about the proposed, not the pandemic treaty, the CA+, the Convention Agreement or other instrument, blah, 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 which is the pandemic treaty that is receiving, to the extent that any of this is receiving any sort of independent media criticism or scrutiny, uh, is getting all of the attention. But it's also the amendments to the international health regulations, which not being a new treaty will not need any sort of, they won't even have to have the fig leaf of a pretense of a presidential signature or Senate approval or anything like that. This is an existing agreement that the United States and Canada and Japan and Germany and every other nation on the planet pretty much is already signed up to, and they're just amending the international health regulations. But what are these IHRs and amendments? Oh my god, I'm already lost. Can someone make a two-minute TikTok explainer video for me on this? No, no. Well, I can't anyway, and I won't um, dumb down this information to that extent. But if you are interested in this information, here is a good short little explainer, Reject Digital Enslavement, that includes with some a couple of short videos just summarizing some of these international health regulation amendments, and also this proposed amendment to implement global digital health certificates file, which you can download, which is just a summary of some of these um, proposed amendments that we have seen, that we've been allowed to see by the WHO overlords, about some of the things that are already being worked on in this regard. For example, under Article 18 of the IHR, which, for those keeping track at home, is about recommendations with respect to persons, baggage, cargo, containers, conveyances, goods, and postal parcels. There are some various um, proposals uh, for developing and applying a traveler's health declaration 
in International Public Health Emergency of International Concern to provide better information about travel itinerary, possible symptoms, blah, blah, blah. And how does this start to manifest? Well, in Article 23, which, for those keeping track at home, is health measures on arrival and departure, India, for example, is talking about including documents containing information for a lab test in digital or physical format, whereas... Um, the Russian Federation also requiring information in digital or physical format, including documents, including information on a laboratory test for a pathogen, da-da-da, vaccination, da-da-da. So, yep, India, check, Russia, check. How about the Czech Republic? Yep, they're on board as well, talking about the, the types of uh, digital documents that they foresee will be required under this um, Article 23, also under Article 31, health measures relating to entry of travelers, talking about um, proof of va vaccination or other prophylaxis, whatever they decide, I guess, whether in paper-based or digital format, and how that will affect. Anyway, there's these are the amendments that we've been allowed to see, at any rate, or the proposed amendments that they are currently negotiating and working and how are, what, what amendments will go forward and what will they be voting on at the 77th General Health World Health Assembly in May in Geneva. Well, who knows? Well, we're not allowed to know. So, if you saw my recent post on a million people need to share this video on CHDTV, you will know all about this, right? Because we talked about this at great length. Long story short, the most recent working group on the of international health regulations amendments uh, has decided, you know, guys, we're just not going to make this January deadline because I know it says in Article 55 of the very international health regulations that we are proposing to amend, it specifically says in black and white, any proposed amendments to the IHR must be submitted to member states in writing in advance, four months in advance, i.e. if you're going to propose, if you're going to vote on or have some sort of passage ceremony uh, for these amendment proposals in May of 2024, you have to present them in January of 2024. And they came and said, ah, we're probably not going to make that deadline. Can we have an extension? And you saw, if you watched, again, if you watched that million people must share this video, video, you will have seen WHO legal counsel, uh, what's his name, Solomon, um, saying, yeah, okay, all right, I, this is kind of unprecedented. We never had a working group on amendments before. Uh, okay, well, I, I think we should go ahead. And, oh, by the way, latest word press release from the WHO, yep, they can go ahead and they can continue working on these amendment proposals right up to the last minute. So they will spring them on the world and you won't know what's in it until essentially it's time to pass it and it'll be get, get given the rubber stamp. And as I say, it will require no president to sign off. It will require no Senate approval in any country whatsoever because it's an already existing agreement that people are already signed up to. The only way out of this is to pull out of the WHO. And the only way really out of this is to pull out of the UN and every other international body at the same time. But I hope you understand, when you start to put this, well, it's just one little, oh, it's just a digital health certificate. What's the big deal? When you start to put it in its bigger context, no, this is the digital ID that is going to be a fundamental part of the Great Travel Reset that is going to start limiting and restricting your ability to travel, not just internationally, but really anywhere outside of your house without permission from the government. I hope you can see why I get a little bit worked up about this issue. 
they're failing to do the very, you know, you got one job and they're failing at it. And, you know, poor Stephen Solomon, he's got to come along and try to sugarcoat it with a bunch of fancy legalese to try to cover for the fact that they are failing. Well, they're failing at their front, their public front for this agenda. But that was never what this was about. It was about the money grab. That's, well, that's a very big part of it. And now they're just trying to cover it up with legalese, bureaucratic nonsense. And you're right. If there are millions, millions of people that were watching this and were, had their eyes on this and were following every move of this and were outraged about what was happening, you better believe we could have a genuine uh, voice in this process and we could bring attention to bear on this. But hey, what, the latest sports ball results or the tabloid <laughs> story of the week. People are not paying attention to this. We need millions of people paying attention to this. And I'm sorry, we don't have that right now. As I say, I think we have a long way to go. I think we are way behind the eight ball, not just on this issue, but on every issue of importance more generally. But specifically, I say this because even... That hour-long video that we had explaining this and laying it out and showing the clips and explaining the context of it, still people were saying, I don't get it. I don't understand. Can you make a five-minute explainer video? I literally had that from several different people emailing me, asking me, can you just make a little summary video? Well, anyway, good luck to you. I genuinely mean that. I'm not being facetious. If you require this information in some sort of TikTok format by some dancing person who can interpret it for you in some way that you'll understand, I hope you can find that person. That person is not me. That is not the Corbett Report. That is not what I do. And that is not the way I do things. I explain things and I provide links to things that I talk about. So if you want that, great. But please find it somewhere else. And I genuinely hope that some... 18-year-old TikToker out there will be able to find a way to take this information and summarize it in that cute little five-minute package that people can browse while they're sitting there on their fondle slab taking a dump on the toilet, which is precisely the amount of time that most people are willing to devote to this, one of the most fundamental threats, to one of the most fundamental freedoms that we have as human beings to travel from one place to another. This is something so fundamental to the ex- our existence on this planet that is being fundamentally threatened right now, and I am absolutely blown away by how few people seem to want to devote even more than five minutes of thought to a topic like this. Anyway, well, if you've made it this far, congratulations. You are one of the people who clearly does have their head screwed on and is clearly capable of thinking about things in slightly more detail than the average dumbed-down, fluoride-addled normie. But where does that leave us? That leaves us, again, not in a happy position. As I say, if millions of people were following these issues as closely as they were the latest sports ball results, you better believe we would have a significant effect on derailing or forestalling, at the very least, these great, great reset plans generally and the great travel reset plans in particular. But we're not there. We do not have millions of people who are as fired up about this as, well, as, as I am anyway. And I don't know if we're going to get there in time. But I do know that without a mass non-compliance movement that absolutely refuses to go along with the dictates of the WHO that are, let's face it, written in the cards, 
Do you think this, uh, it may be derailed for a time being, it may be forestalled, but they will come back with these plans. And if it's not from the WHO, it'll be from another organization. And if it's not a vaccine passport, it'll be a carbon passport. And if it's not a carbon passport, there will be a 15-minute city or something else, a clear pass or whatever it is. There's 18,000 different attack vectors happening right now, and it is all about getting you in the digital enslavement grid. And we are sleepwalking into it. I don't claim to have the answers, but I do know that people need to be aware of and fired up about this issue and concentrating on it as if it is an existential threat, which it so evidently is. And on that note, if you are interested in these topics and learning more about them, there's plenty of documentation in the show notes for you to begin this exploration. As I say, we're behind the eight ball and things are not looking good. So I hope people are taking this as seriously as I am. If you are, then I do appreciate your support and I appreciate you being along for this ride. And I'm going to continue here documenting it as best I can. And in the flawed ways that I can, I will continue to talk about these issues and keep you informed to the best of my abilities. I hope you'll be along for that ride, but that's going to do it for today. I am James Corbett of The Corbett Report, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the near future.